not the problem some leaders are acknowledged huh i don't bother them i take it to another degree and find the deal to the seeing flowing like a tree and he said growing like a tree my point is that's the doc no one can do it better are we gonna act for you how long have we pretended that the doc didn't send an open challenge to rock him from eric being rock him and he never responded why why didn't rock him respond to the dr dre produced no one can do it better why did that happen? Why did that happen? We don't know. We're never going to know. We're never going to know. All we're going to know is that the West Coast showed up. Shout out to the DOC. Oh, he's from Texas. He's from Texas. I know he's from Texas, but everything he did was produced by Dre. And he had so much influence on NWA. He is an honorary West Sider. No discussion. Thank you for tuning in to Farside TV. As always, you are locked in to the Bishop Chronicles, baby. And I am your host. Who am I? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I am Adisa the Bishop, AKA the Black Dragon of the West Side, AKA the Iron Hook Assassin, AKA Zato Ichi, AKA the South Bay Shogun, AKA the Black Cortez Killer. You can't even see him, but they raw right now. Uh, ain't nobody truer than me, homeboys and girls. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast dedicated to giving you West Coast perspectives on hip hop and health and fitness trends. Ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with this here vibranium like a decent of Bishop. So you can be down now or you can bow down later because the West Coast OGs, we stay greater. We really do. Um... If this is your first time listening, because, you know, uh, Bishop Chronicles is lit and only the trillers already listen. But if this is your first time, um, understand that um, this may not be the best thing. How about a show enough is the worst thing? How about a show enough is the worst thing? How about a show enough? Show up. Show enough. Show enough. Show enough is the worst thing. When they bury me, I need to be like the pharaohs. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, man. How you living? We have made it into 2020. If you're if you're 2021, um, uh, and uh, this is that show. This is that show where the game changes. This is that show. All my real listeners. You know what I'm saying? This is that show where we downshift on these fools. Yeah, and then we take off. You know what I'm saying? Into the future, player. Um. But before we do that, I'm going to need you to go to YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, subscribes, subscribe, boing, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then hit me with that comment like, yo, this right here is a hot player. You know what I'm saying? Nothing major, nothing major. I don't need a thesis. I just need you to holler at a scholar. 
write that down. Boom. That's what I need right now. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not, if you, if you're really that new, you know what I'm saying? You can go check out the show of brother Ali. You can go check out. I mean, man, what do we got shows with Rocker from dilated peoples? We got, what about my show on DJ Vlad? Y'all going to pretend like I really didn't break down Vlad to the marrow of the bone. You don't even know half them stories, but get up out of here. You know what I'm saying? Plus the Jeezy, uh, 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 the Jeezy and, and Gucci Mane show for real. Um, my only ask is that you send it to one person, only one person be like, yo, if you know one person, I know you do, who would really listen to this whole thing and get down with it, boop, just share that with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't send, you know what I'm saying? And then we are good. I thank you for uh, the checking out the show because we are really fixing to get into something major, man. Really something major, really something historic, like authentically historic. You know what I'm saying? Um, and now we move on to the heartbeat props. Um, this one's going to be a little different than the other ones. If you are new to the show, right? If you are new to the show, uh, heartbeat props are where we give props to those we love. I want you to call three people, talk to them for five minutes and explain to them why. Don't just say, I love you. Like, give props to them because you see we are in the middle of a pandemic. But this heartbeat props existed before Corona, right? We were giving props before Corona because this is about acknowledging the ones you love and why you love them, things specific to them, right? And so uh, every show, we I shout out three people who have made an impact on my life that I really, really, really got to be grateful for, Um and this time, unusually, I'm going to do a few more, but I'm going to do like a speed round, which isn't normal, but it's the top of the year. So I really want to make sure I give my proper propers props. You feel me? Um, so it's going to be a little bit more than three is what I'm thinking on. Um, you should follow all of these people, right? You should follow all of them because they're dope uh, in their own right. Um, and I'm going to start with Nasir up in Stockport in the UK. What's up, dog? For long, how long have you had my back, bro? How many times you had, you know, you check my books, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you bought my shirt that one time and then I couldn't get it to you because I was messing up because I didn't know how to do shirts for real. And you still stayed my homie, dog. What's up? When are we going to kick it? Let's talk about it. Um, uh, right here on Instagram at bjj.wiki, like W-I-K-I. Dante, what's up, player? What's up, player? If you up on jujitsu, or if you're not, or if you want to be, that's where you need to go, at bjj.wiki. Dante be killing it with hilarious memes and information and techniques that work. <laughs> it's a crazy time. You might need a little jujitsu in these days. Um, at um, b42 underscore bp. Hmm? What's up, man? What's up? What's up, dog? I know we're going to kick it harder this year. You know what I'm saying? But I respect you as an MC. I love the beat you put out. I love the rhymes you put out. I love the work you put in. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody in Bowling Park for real. You know what I'm saying? Black and Latino rise up together. You know what I'm saying? At on the chow, O-N-D-A chow, 1188. My man Lou, you know what I'm saying? Out in Jersey, you know what I'm saying? Yo, he has the best chess memes I've ever seen. I know a lot of people try to do funny chess memes. He does the best chess memes I've ever seen. You need to go to at on the chow 1188 and you need to see what's up and play a game with him because he's pretty raw with it. You know what I'm saying? Now, um, at ink and intellect on Instagram right now at ink and intellect. All right. Um, man, this dude, his name is Jason Dix. He is my favorite poet right now. Straight up, if you like uh, Langston Hughes, maybe you heard of him. If you like 
James Baldwin, you may be familiar. Um, his poetry is in that style and it is powerful because it is right now. You know, that's the beauty of a poet. What poet can reach out to you and touch you right now? He is that dude. Um, at Ink and Intellect, man, um, he has been a friend, advisor, and um, just a true and thorough wise man um, and supporter of Bishop Chronicles. You know what I'm saying? And I just really want to thank him for uh, a lot of the stuff he's done, but his poetry is moving. You better go check his work and I'm not kidding. Um, at Sonny Brown Breakdown, all right? At Sonny Brown, S-O-N-N-Y, right? Sonny Brown Breakdown. This dude has, I don't know, man, my favorite jujitsu podcast. He has dope people on, but he talks deep. He don't just talk about, oh yeah, I saw you beat up so-and-so, oh yeah, Bruh, getting into the psychology of how you train, what keeps you healthy, the, the, the mindsets that make you successful, and the techniques that make you successful. Very real. Um, he had me on his show, but I'm going to tell you, beyond having me on his show, he raw. Sonny Brown is raw. Good dude. Solid, solid human being. Okay? Whew. Finally, uh, Marie my childhood partner who knows nothing about rap music and is and is and is, and is horribly misinformed about hip hop but that's okay because mm -hmm. she's my partner from way back and we good like that also i want to give final shouts out to Jean ching from kung fu tai chi magazine you know what i'm saying at jedi night crew and um northside q always um so on that, we're going to go straight into the West Side word of the week. Um, what I do is I tell you a word from the West Side. So when you come out to where we be at, you don't get caught slipping. You know what I'm saying? You don't get I Oh, sorry, man. I didn't know what I was saying. We don't want that to happen to you. This is my, this is my work to help you. My work to help you. Um, the word this week is who ride? Who ride? Um, you might have heard Master P. You know what I'm saying? Ghetto's trying to kill me. You familiar with that record? You should be um, if you're not. All right. Who ride homicide full deep with some gas cock ready to put some fools on their biggity back? Oh, man. What up? What up to my partner, Dre? Remember we used to ride across that, the Bay Bridge just turned out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, what does who ride mean? What does who ride mean? Who ride means we fixing to do what we want, right? Hey. Has there been a better year than 2021 to do what you want? I don't think so. Do what you want. Now, who ride, to be honest, is a little wilder. Like, it means, like, we fixing the kind of Bogart, mush fools in their grill and all of that. But you don't have to do that. To who ride, you can live your life right now the way you want. All right? Because if it's one thing we learning from Corona, if it's one thing we learning from the lockdown, if it's one thing we learning from all the families and friends and businesses that we lost this year, and last year, it might be losing this year, right? Is that whatever's on the other side of this, we know we got this one time. So live it the way you want to live it, you heard me? That's the OG D's talking to you. Listen to an OG when he's speaking. Listen to an OG when he's doing what? When he's speaking. Now we're getting into the haiku. Um... A haiku is a Japanese poem of three lines. The three lines um, may or may not rhyme. Most of mine do. Most of mine do, but um, sometimes they don't. That's just the reality. Sometimes they don't. So um, the lines of the first line is 
five syllables. The second line is, is seven syllables. And the last line is five. So it's five, seven, five. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works. All right. Um, I love it. You know what I'm saying? It's a great way, not words. Remember, it's syllables, not words, man. You got to go back to the third grade and start counting them joints out. Like, and I'm not kidding. Like, I actually count mine out all the time. Like, I'd be like, yeah, it works. All right. So, um, all right, Mike, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Um, let's go with... It's winter. Let's go with a fire. Let me get some fire sounds right now. You know? Right before sunset. Let me get some let me get some birds. Can I get some get some wildlife cracking? Yeah. Alright. Here we go. Beautiful. I am where I be. An extremist of mercy, tell God I'm guilty. Ooh, one more time. I am where I be. An extremist of mercy, tell God I'm guilty. What is that about? Um, presence. I am where I be. I am within myself. I am present in this moment an extremist of mercy. I was recently talking with some people um, in, a, in a group session on intercultural and interfaith things. And I said that I've decided that if I'm going to be an extremist in anything, that I'm going to be an extremist in mercy. I'm going to be an extremist in love. I'm going to be an extremist in Rahma, right? That's the Arabic term for it, right? Um, if I'm going to be an extremist, let me be guilty of that. I believe in a higher power. I believe I'll be held accountable uh, in the next life. I believe in the next life. If God is going to be angry with me, I want God to be angry with me because I was too merciful. I loved too hard. I loved too much. I'm not going to have a part in wrath. I'm not going to have a part in revenge. I'm not going to have a part in hate. I'm not going to have a part in it. So there's my haiku. Why don't you write a haiku, send it to me, and don't forget to follow at Bishop Chronicles on IG. Send me haikus. I post them in my stories a lot. Sometimes I post them in my feed. You know what I'm saying? Um, and on that note, follow at Moros, M-O-R-O-S dot merch. Woo! Inshallah, brothers. Productions, Five fingers of Dean. Inshallah means God willing, right? In Stoicism, they call it a reserve clause. It means that you don't say that you're really going to do nothing. You always acknowledge that there may be something that prevents you from doing it. You know what I'm saying? The laws of nature may not pan out in your favor. Um, this is a great shirt. Follow these dudes. Cop yours. Look, look, rated R for Rahma. Didn't we just talk about that? Look it up. Five fingers of Dean. Look up Dean. That's that's the word. That's the word to be Googling. Um, and on that note, um, my healthy tip for the day, get a juicer, get a juicer. I've been juicing uh, 
Man, I need to do a whole show on my diet. That's coming up, actually, because we're going to do a show on the origin stories of the bishop. What? The origin stories of the bishop. It's going down. Um, but get a juicer, right? Why juicing as opposed to like Nutribullet or having a blender? Because when you're drinking the straight juice, you get the liquid nutrients immediately. It hits your bloodstream and your system, your digestive organs instantly. You know what I'm saying? Um, what do I like to juice? I will juice like two apples, two pieces of celery, a piece of ginger, a handful of spinach, right? Which you don't taste because of the uh, apples and like a lemon or a lime. Man, unbelievable. And sometimes I put melon in there, you know, honeydew melon, uh, uh, watermelons obviously are great to be juicing. Um, always get organic as much as you can afford to. Um, and man, you will feel and look better. Look into the Gracie diet. It's a book. It deals with, um, Dr. Savy and the stuff that Carlos Gracie, uh, senior created is very similar. And if you go back far enough, you can check an episode where I talk with Ralston Gracie, who actually has been merging elements of the Gracie diet with Dr. Sabi's diet um, with amazing results, man. You got to look into that, but get yourself a juicer and try to juice at least the first meal of the day. A lot of times I have my juice with a small meal. So it's not like I'm doing whole meal replacement. I'm doing a whole juice with a small meal. Okay. Ideally vegan. So in closing, more people I love died this year than in any other year of my life. I had to deal with death probably like at least the first six months of the year and even still. So I want to shout out a few people. Uh, Paul Morin, I love you. I miss you. Mama Beverly Choice, I love you. I miss you. Jason Slater, my brother for real. I love you. I miss you. Thank, for Thank you for everything you taught me right up until the time you passed. Thank you for every lesson you gave me. Um, and thank you for all the music we made back in the day. Um, and shout out to all of you who have lost people that you love. Shout out to all of you who have lost friends, family members, coworkers, artists that you loved. Um, I hope that this year finds us cherishing our friends and our family more. Reach out to the ones you love. Let them know that heartbeat props is not a joke. Um, and now I want to remind you to have a very, ooh, hold up, hold up. You know what I didn't give you? I didn't give you a life and chest strategy to go forward with. Here we go. You ready? I want you to look at chess. You have openings, middle games, and end games, right? Chess and life strategy to start this year with. is to be mindful of your opening, be mindful of how you start a thing because it's gonna dictate if you get to a middle game and if you're even able to finish a thing, be wholly committed to how you start what you start. Think about how you begin before you begin. Have mental, physical, and spiritual clarity on your intent. And once you, once you step into that, be all the way in, right? Be all the way in. Commit to that. Start your opening with courage. Stay with it and follow through to the end, right? Like in jujitsu, you know what matters, right? You're circling, uh, Bob and we, uh, that first grip. Your opponent can never have the grip that they want. Free it up, free it up. But you must get the grip that you want. 
Because once your opponent gets the grip that they want, it, it, it can become their game. Unless the grip that they want is the grip you want them to have. And then you can booyaka shot scene. I'm not really Jamaican. I think that's apparent. Um, but you get my point. Be committed to your opening. All right. And in closing, I'm going to remind you to defend your smile. This day, this year, and every year. Smiles are the fingerprints of the soul. Nobody smiles like you. I know twins who when they smile at the same time, they don't smile the same. Your smile is yours. I want you to protect your joy. Always preserve a small space of your heart, of your spirit, of your mind that is unassailable, that no one can get to, that is always defended and only accessible by you. So you can look any hater in the eye and tell them, listen, understand. If my joy brings you pain, then you're going to need some Novocaine. You understand me? Get that smile popping. Win your day. Win this year. Win the spectrum of your life standing on logic and love. You think, but move and act with compassion. Now enjoy your week and go be great. You are about to see a historic interview with me and the RZA, the abbot of Wu-Tang. Um, this is a long time coming. As you know, when I ran Hip Hop Chess Federation, Hip Hop Chess Federation is no more, by the way. Uh, new org, new purpose, new plans rolling out soon. RZA and I uh, did an interview for the cover of Chess Life magazine, which is out now. You can check it out online at uschess.org, right? We talk specific about chess, about Emery Tate, about Mikhail Tall, about how chess and life work, about the, the role of chess and hip hop and a whole bunch of other stuff. But this is the exclusive complete interview where he gives a vegan recipe, a meal that he makes, where he talks about his pilgrimage to the Shaolin Temple and what he did at Shaolin and what he learned at Shaolin Temple. We talk about the value of meditation, we talk about a lot of very deep things, things that quite honestly, as, as, as powerful as they are, wouldn't fit and weren't in the right context for what Chess Life magazine uh, does. And so we give it to you unfettered, which means not locked down. Right? You got the lockdown, you got no lockdown. This is not lockdown. You get everything we talked about in this conversation. It is exclusive. It is Bishop Chronicles. It is 2021. We want you to win. And this is that moment. Do not sleep. Stay woke for real. Not that little online wooty wab dashiki woke. I'm talking about have an awakened mind, heart, and spirit. Have an awakened smile. Have an awakened presence. Now go be great piece of the planet earth you know what it is i am with a man who needs no introduction if you know anything about hip-hop chess or martial arts right if you know anything huh about the people who really been bringing like the 36 37 chambers the infinite chambers you know what i mean Bomb. yo peace to the god rizza thank you for Sitting Salute with me today, to you. man. How are respect. you? The bishop. How you doing, bishop? Yo, man, I feel blessed, man. I feel blessed. I'm excited about this, man. So, you know, we're going to start at the beginning, right? I want to talk to you about the creation of Liquid Swords. I know a lot of people don't understand why chess and hip-hop are so connected. 
even mm. still, right? And so for those people, what do you say? I know what I say. I'm curious to what you say when people are like, oh, you know, what's up with this connection? Because there's still a lot of people in the chess world who, who are still confused. What, what, oh, what, wow. what, what I mean, do you say? Look, chess is one of the biggest games in the world, right? So of course it's going to be played in every community. Word. And for, for us in hip hop, you know, we play chess as a, as a pastime, just like any other community use chess as a mm -hmm. pastime. We also looked at chess as a way to improve strategy, uh, chess in a way to express yourself. And right. Wu-Tang, we took it serious. You know, a lot of those- The most serious. Super serious. A lot of albums we were recording in my studio is the studio and, and basically the only, it's only two games that take place in my studio. Three games, I would say. What you got? But in the beginning, only two. Mm -hmm. One is a deck of cards so you can play some spades. Right, right, and right. The other, and the other is chess boards. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. we played a lot of chess, recording a lot of songs. You know what I mean? Um, we also, you know, the video game guys, we kept a video game there for the TV, mm -hmm. for the PlayStation mm -hmm. guys. Mm -hmm. But guys like me and the Jizza, me and Master Killer, me and True Master, Street Life, you know what I mean? Rebel, I, Soldier, you know, the chess board was circulating in a, in a, in, with us. And, and, and I think New York culture has a lot to do with it as well. You mm -hmm. know, in New York, we have people in parks that will have chess boards out. So Washington Square Park, of course, being one of the main ones. Right. When I was growing up in New York, though, I could walk down 42nd Street and there'd be a bunch of chess tables lined up. Everywhere, right? You know what I mean? And, and then especially at the World Trade Center. Oof. You know, I still sell so I much chess by World yeah. Trade Center. I used to be a messenger, life. so I would stop at my lunch break and play chess there with the with those OGs. Mm -hmm. And so chess has been part of the hip hop culture. Um, and when you go back and check other, you know, hip hoppers, you know, like obviously remember, you know, you know, from whether it was Melly Mel or, mm -hmm. or Kumo D, mm -hmm. you, know, you hear about you because once you're in the chess and you're playing in the park. Somebody could be saying, yo, Melly Mel was here, or Kumo yeah. was here, or, or something that relates. And now they, they may say, yo, Rizzo was here, Jizzo was right. here. Right, yeah, so for sure, me, no, that's for sure. Chess and hip hop, no. uh, especially in the streets of New York, and I think mostly anywhere, but I don't even speak for New York, that's where I grew up. Yeah, yeah, word. But they were intertwined, you know, we knew who Bobby Fischer was. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you made that record, Liquid Swords, it's really interesting because, you know, before we met, you know, I actually, I met Jizza before Wu-Tang. I mm. met Jizza during Come Do Me, during wow. Cold Chillin'. Like, that's how far we go back. We wow. met at a club called One Up in San Francisco. And like, we were, boop, you know what I mean? Like, I remember when he used to live with his grandfather, I used to call him. Grandpa used to answer the phone. And I'd be like, hello, yeah. is, is, is the genius there? And he'd be like, yeah, the genius. You know what I'm saying? You know how, gra you know how grandfathers are. And so, we, but like, I knew that he liked chess, but not like that. But I knew that I like chess, you know? Mm. Now, when I look at Liquid Swords, I'm always blown away because it was like hidden in plain sight kind of a thing. You know, that's, that's how I felt about it. What was the first song that you recorded for that record? And then do you remember what the last one was? Like, when you think about the recording of that, what was the first yeah, and the last I, song? Actually, the first song recorded... Um, was the song Liquid Swords. Right. That was recorded early uh, in the development of the album. Uh, maybe even before we, he had the, um, 
the the, uh, the record deal. It was just like right. That was something. Just that was the something idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just the idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, and but and then I think the last song recorded. To be funny, the last song recorded is actually uh, the last song on the um, on the album where he says uh, we was on the same slave ship. Yeah. When the, when the, when the brother gets uh, the G-O-D. Yep, the G -O -D. yep, yep. Yeah. Man. That was the last song recorded. And that was also um, right when Killer Priest had recorded Bible already with Fourth Disciple. Dude, that song uh, itself yeah, was just crazy one. That was and a so crazy I saw, song. So, so I was like, I got to get another one with uh, with, with, with um, Priest and Zizza together. But yeah, Priest, I, he didn't end up on the song, I don't think. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. That, that was the plan for that song. But it ended up just airing it out. And it was just yeah. continuing with the dark vibe of the album. So that was It was so street. It was so grimy. And it was so like... You could feel it, man. Like, you really did bring the streets into that particular record. I wanted to ask you, just because you mentioned Bible, you know, like, there's something, like, with that child laugh sample that's kind of in between the drums, man. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Because, like, it evokes emotion. And I found that my appreciation for so much of what you do isn't necessarily just the beat, which I love, or just the lyrics, which I love, but you are able to provoke emotion. Like, do you remember where you found that? What was that? And like, well, for it that fit perfectly. Song, it, was, it was perfect. No, for that particular song, that was actually done by my student. Wow. So on that album, um, I produced the entire album except the song Bible. Mm. Uh, my student, Fourth Disciple, um, that was his chance. And he, he was smart as a producer. What Fourth Disciple would do as a producer while most producers, I think at that time, had hundreds, if not thousands of records to sample mm -hmm. from, mm -hmm. Fourth Disciple basically made most of his career from one crate of records. No shit. One, he stuck to one crate. And he just constantly regurgitated. He was from just that going same, through. He was pulling all. Ooh. From that same crate. And, uh, and I, I thought that was an ingenious way he used that, he used that uh, sample right there. I, I forgot the name of the sample. Yeah, no, nah, that's I, what, such a great what, song. What, what, I just want to say what we wanted to do with that song was also introduce the world to Killer Priest. One thing I don't think, I don't know if you know this, uh, Bishop, is that I'm a student of the Jizza. Right. Right? But so is Master Killer and Killer Priest. So those mm. are my classmates. We all have the same enlightenment. The same I hear you. Teacher. And so for me, Killer Priest wasn't he was a, the, my classmate who wasn't yet revealed. right right even though i became the abbot i was like i gotta get the high priest because he brings i just yeah. heard him on a on a snow goons track uh-huh yo he <laughs> came in swinging you know yeah, what i'm saying deep. i was like and i'm already a fan but he brought it you know what i'm yeah, saying man now um Back to chess, when you are trying to improve your own chess game, right? Um, how do you do it? Is it books? Are you watching people playing in the street? Are you playing with Jizza online? Are you consulting with grandmasters or international masters? Like, how do you, when you try to try to be measurably better in chess, what are you doing? It's, it's multiple processes. I recall the first time that I realized that I need to improve. 
Because mm -hmm. at first I was probably the best player in the crew. Mm -hmm. But the crew started improving, better do more play. But also the jizzer himself, he started studying theory right. and studying books. And I wasn't aware. Mm -hmm. But one day at his crib, he was beating me so bad. And his little uh, his son Kareem, you know, who, you know, you know, he, you know, he loves he loves he loves his big cousin Rakeem. So he just came over when Jizzle went to the bathroom, he was like, yo, you know my dad is in the books, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was in like, case okay. you forgot. <laughs> yeah, so, so then I so then I started getting a couple of books and studying theory because theory is good. Right. It's always good to, to understand what the grandmasters and people before you have already discovered. Mm -hmm. This is how science grows, this is how mathematics grows, this is how chess mm -hmm. grows. Mm -hmm. Um and then when you get to a certain point when you get stouted and the book is not enough information, it's good to come across international masters or grandmasters. So right. I was fortunate. I think through the Hip Hop Chess Federation to meet Josh Wakens, right? Right, right, right. And those were fun Josh, times, man. Those first few times. times when we kicked it, those were amazing. Amazing, brother. And what made it special though also that Josh gave me a bit of advice that I took and mm -hmm. utilized. Mm -hmm. He told me a certain opening, he thought from watching me play that this opening would be the opening to, the, to define my style. Right. You know what I mean? Because I had a very attacking style, but yet I had a, I'm a ninja with it. <laughs> so word, word. He felt that this technique would be the one. And so I studied that technique. And then I came across uh, international six-time military champion, Emery Tate. You yeah. Emery? Rest so in when Emery showed up, G. Now, I never knew that. If you look at Josh Wakens' games, right? Right. They, they have 10 of his best games in his books or if you ever get his right. app or whatever. Right. And in one game where he loses, mm -hmm. but it's still there to teach you, is a game against Emery Tate. No kidding. No kidding, yo. And I didn't know this. So when Emory came to the, to the, to the tournament to, that time. To the, to the Mind Over Matter in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I played him with, with the technique that Josh told me to use, but I didn't realize that this guy already knew the script. <laughs> and about move 20, he's like, well, there's a bunch of bums here, but I finally met somebody who got some theory and technique. And then he what went on. Better, what better compliment can you get than yeah. that from Emery Tate? Listen, yeah. if you don't play chess and you don't know who Emery Tate is, he, he passed away. But he died at the chess table. Right. Yeah. You know, so Emory actually became friends. And, and so, look, I'm the type of person, if you beat me, I didn't accept the feet. But if I could live through the feet. So chess is a game where you die on the board. You don't die in reality. Word. And that's one Word. of the things I think we like about it also in hip hop. It's a chance to right. test your sword, to, to fight for your life. But yet yeah. it stays on the 64 squares. Um. But if you can improve yourself with the person that defeated you. Mm. And so me and Emery became friends. And Emery actually introduced me to the tile system of chess. Mm -hmm. Tile is like Rakim. Yeah. Tile is the Rakim of chess, bro. Because he'll be like, oh, you watch this? You think that's cool? Woo! And he'll just break exactly. out. And you're like, I, I don't thought, what? Exactly. You, you hit you. What would you say when the earth get further and further away and planets seem small like balls, <laughs> I'm saying of, clay. balls of clay? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yo, so, yo, yeah. So, so, so he, him, him bringing me into the towel world, that helped me as well because he realized I was attacking, but I was attacking with the style that Josh 
gave it to the ninja mm-hmm. attacking. Mm-hmm. But Tao is ninja aggressive. Woof. You know what I mean? And so, and so we spent some time with Emery. And, and then after you get a certain level, because sometimes chess, you get stouted, right? On how far right. you can go. Right, right. And I think nowadays that, you know, I don't really get a lot of time to be around a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of playing. I go online like everybody else. Right. And I, when I try to practice to improve myself, Bishop, is I try to practice blitz games so that my brain can move faster because I realize that time sometimes is my biggest enemy. Yo, yo, you speak in so much science right now. So you remember, of course, the movie Fresh because you were on the soundtrack, right? Yep. I'll never forget uh, 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 what's his name's character, the dad, the dad. Um, um, you got John Carlo, you had Lon No, the, the Fresh's dad, Fresh's dad. Fresh's dad was um, I'm Sam looking Jackson, at, right? Yeah, Sam Jackson, thank you, thank you. For some reason, I could see his <laughs> face. I just couldn't say his name. So I remember, remember when he's in his trailer and he's showing a game to Fresh and he's like, yeah, that's a game with so-and-so. And then he, he shows all the top masters. He goes, if you put them on the clock, I'll eat their ass up. Yeah. Yo, like that to me is the essence of hip hop chess, meaning that the pressure's on, right? Yeah. That you feel it and that like, you're going to make it happen because you have to. I love right. speed chess because it, it adds that extra pressure, man. And I, I, that scene, I just used to watch that like seven times in a row sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Makes, just to, Yeah, you know, no, that was one of my favorite scenes too because it made sense to understand that it's just like, look, a boxer is a, it could be a champion in the ring, but he could lose in the streets. Man. Even People though start bobbing and weaving on him with some of that whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, some of that 52 hand block. <laughs> Hit you with that 52, it'll be all different, you know? Now, um, one of the things that has always impressed me about you, and I've mentioned this in passing, is, is, is truly that you went to Shaolin Temple in China. Like, that was next level. Because, I mean, you know, Again, hella people like martial arts, hella people used to go get some movies, you know, buy some nunchucks, you know what I'm saying? But like, you went to Shaolin. Um, For those that didn't know that, or maybe knew about it in passing, what was it that compelled you to go? And what did, did you leave with anything you didn't expect to learn? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Definitely left with something I didn't expect to learn. Um, you know, Shaolin Kung Fu has been spiritually connected to me since I was maybe 14 years old, mm-hmm. maybe even nine, but I, I can say at 14, I realized it. Mm-hmm. And it's been a place that in one part of my life, is, it was mytho- mythological. Right. And yet in another part of my life, it felt very real. Valid, like, and, like authentic within you. Yeah, really or... real. So, so it's crazy how you watch movies in your mind you know, could take you to places far, far away. But what happened for me, Adisa, is that I was blessed to meet a, a real Shaolin monk named Sifu Shiyaming. He's so amazing. Opened a school in New York City and I became a student. Word. And he wanted to bring his students, 60 students, back to the motherland, back to Shaolin. He wanted us to go and become ordained. Mm. The abbot there would ordain us all as official Shaolin students. Mm. And I couldn't miss that opportunity. And I went... And when I got there, um, standing in the place where, you know, a lot of the horse stance, the dragon stance, the tiger stances was mm. formed. Um, wow. Standing in this great spiritual place and going through the, through the graveyard of pagodas and, mm. and going through the chambers with my seafood, uh, 
I, I learned a lot, and what and what and what really struck me, I guess, the most is that as a black man, and you see the paintings of some of these first thirteen monks or eighteen Lohan, yeah, and you see that some of them were black men as well. Yeah, that's always blown my mind. And so Sipu goes on to tell me, of course, because Bodhidharma who was the Indian monk that left uh, India. He's a descendant from the Dravidian tribe who actually and migrated they're basically from jet black. Like yeah. if, you, if you don't know what a Dravidian looks like, look at something that's jet black. Yeah. So he's a, he's a, a descendant of that tribe who migrated to India. Yeah. And then eventually went to teach, bring the teachings to China and he yeah. stopped at Shaolin. Yeah. So to, to, to learn that history and to know that it exists, uh, that, that, I didn't expect to learn that. But I'll tell you one thing that made it even more beautiful. Hmm. So there's a legend that he walked up to this mountain and meditated inside of a cave. Mm -hmm. And he meditated so long in this cave that the light, the only thing that would come in was light. And he stayed there so long in that same position that his shadow... As you see my shadow mm, being presented, mm, mm, he stayed mm. there so long that his shadow left an imprint on the stone. Okay, and that's and they have that Bodhidharma stone in Wow. And you know, whether you take it as fact or fiction, it's up to you. But it don't even matter. Like it's deep, like it's, it's deep, deep and it's yeah. beautiful. But I seen the stone. Right. And then they took me to one day, said we all gonna walk up to the cave. Now, the, the Shaolin monks have to do this every day, bro. All right? Dang. And so I, I said, I'm going to do it. And me and my classmates, we start walking. And after about maybe, I don't know, let's just say the equivalent of two, 3,000 steps. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, woo, this shit is deep. It's getting and guess what? Hmm. That was just the base of the mountain. Okay? And half of the class didn't go further. And then the other half went up another few thousand and gave up. And then maybe out of 60 of us, only a dozen made it to Bodhidharma's cave. And I was one of those dozen. And I went inside that cave myself physically. So the river went inside and prayed in wow. Bodhidharma's cave, y'all. And all praises do that. Mm -hmm. but the question, you know, I'm just trying to say the things that your imagination could lead you to, because no, I'm mm. just watching a Kung Fu movie. I'm getting mm. fascinated by it. My, my album's called Into the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers, right? I'm naming my, my, my neighborhood Shaolin. Right, and right. guess what? One day in my life, Allah blessed Took me with there. the privilege to go on that, which I call, call it a pilgrimage. Mm. I took a pilgrimage It makes to sense. Shaolin. It makes sense. It makes sense. And it would, it, it would be unfitting if you could and you chose not to. Right. right. I wouldn't right. be real. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, when you were out there, I'm sure they embraced you with open arms for several different reasons. I mean, you know, your relationship to Xi'an Ming. Did you get the sense, though, that they understood hip hop or were they just happy to have a sincere visitor? Well, you what know what's incredible what was your, about this? And you never, know, you never know the seeds you leave behind, right? True. Before I answer this, though, how's this light doing? Because I know it's kind of coming in through. So far, I think we're okay. I think we're okay. I think okay. we're okay. 
I but I know it. now when, when Mike sees it, he's going to be like, you should have told him. But <laughs> Should I move should I move the frame this way? You know what? That's – yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tight. That's tight. Work. Okay. That's tight. So, anyway, um, hip-hop, you know, is, was definitely even more rare in China the time mm-hmm. I went. Especially right? at that – because what year was that? This is like 01 maybe. Right? Yeah, that's what I was – I thought it was 2000. Like, I figured 2001. Yeah, maybe 2000, right? 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so hip hop is definitely rare there, right? Um, I've been there multiple times, but this is this is my first time there. But I could say this, brother, that in front of Shaolin Temple, while my classmates all demonstrated kung fu and stances, when it was my turn to demonstrate, I demonstrated a lyric, no and I kidding. sat there with a big circle of people and monks and Kung Fu fans from around the world. And I did a verbal Kung Fu exercise. Bro. And I walked away, everyone clapping, cheering, and some kids running up to me, inspired by what they just saw me do. And I think that's yeah. a blessing. You just, you just took me to, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's, that what, is... that's what happened. That's the actual fact. So, what is your favorite chess book or movie? Like when you're like, I'm in the zone. Are you watching Fresh? Are you watching like a, like Bobby Fischer versus the world? Are you, you know what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, I mean, there's a new one that just came out that I- The John Leguizamo. Yeah, I didn't see that one yet. So that, I probably- Neither, I gotta look for weekend. that. Yeah, okay, your, your thing went out. You went dark. Okay, you're back. Um, yeah, so there's, there's one that's, that's coming out uh, with John Leguizamo, but I think out of, look, Searching for Bobby Fischer is one of my favorite. Gotta love it. Of course, it. Fresh took it right to the speed game. Mm. But I even, I like, uh, I think it's called Porn Sacrifice, which was uh, Tobey Maguire playing Bobby you know, Fischer. I, I never saw that one. I, w- I, I was so hyped to go see it, and then something happened. I didn't, and then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I love when movies give us a chance to, to look into the minds. And even the one, one that really got my whole family mm. was The Queen of Quatme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah my whole yeah, family yeah. watched that and enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, that was beautiful, I was happy. Man. I was happy because my son, uh, he just started playing. Uh, you know, he started playing at 13. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, he started a little late, but that movie helped inspire him as well. No, that's great, man. Now, let me ask you this. You know, like, um, one of the things that people talk about in terms of hip-hop as a learning tool, right, is this idea inside sociology that, um, you know, oftentimes, specifically when it comes to black people, they tend to say that, you know, uh, Africa was mainly an oral history kind of place, right? Like they didn't have necessarily the written word, which is not even not historically true. accurate. Like we're not going to have that part of the conversation because we men of knowledge itself and we won't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, anybody unclear will have to look that part up. What I did, what I did want to ask you, though, is, is the, soci- the sociologists say the sign of a literate society is a strong oral history, right? Mm. So now when you look at the evolution of hip hop, right? When people said in 73, 83, it's not even music, you know, da, da, da. And now, now, uh, you know, uh, 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 what, was, what was Jay-Z's got a book? Uh, 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 Stickman's got a book. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's all, you see this whole movement of hip hop literature. literature. Right, coming Man, out and Eminem. Yes, right, 
you know, crazy cents, books. Richard? Exactly. Uh, what what's his you name got, down in Texas? Uh, yeah, you got uh, what's the dude down? Uh, Prince. Um, Jay Prince. Prince got a book. You know what I'm saying? And I love it. Right. Even my man Fab and 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 uh, and Mac Mall got books. What made you write the Wu Manual? Do you remember when you were like, "It's book time"? I'm curious to know. You want to hear what happened with that? Go. Okay, that's the t okay. Check it out. I wasn't going to write the Wu Manual. But I felt that I was at an age and experience that I needed to write my experiences and write a book of wisdom. Mm -hmm. I thought that, you know what, I lived, I've seen. I'm a black man in America that been through it. I was a young millionaire. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I was a, I went through the criminal system and word. I've been through a lot. Right. So <laughs> he said, I've been through a lot. Yeah. yeah so I, I felt it was time for me to write a book of wisdom. And word. I, and so I sat down with a, a book agent mm -hmm. and the agent told me that this, that's not the way to enter. Mm. He said, you have to enter the book world coming from hip hop is right. best to enter with something that gives you a better, less risk of being successful. Mm. And I took his advice. He said, you know, maybe if we do a book that's more based on your music and more based on yeah. the Wu-Tang, like the right. Wu-Tang manual. Right. I mean, I came with the title. I was like, right, you right. said it. I was like, of course I said, no, forget you. And then I thought about it for a week or two. It was, was like, like that's what? actually kind of fresh. I could bring the Wu-Tang manual to life. Because the Wu-Tang yeah. manual, everybody wanted it in the movies. Right? <laughs> I said, I'm going to bring the Wu-Tang manual to life. And so I did it. But I will say I did it with, uh, it was a, um, what they call it? A condition. I did it with only on one condition. What was I that? Said, I'll give you the Wu-Tang manual if you promise that I will do my second book on wisdom. Mm. And, they, and that was part of the contract. And they agreed. And that's why we have... To me, I love the Wu-Tang Manual. Yeah. But one of my proudest works that I offer the world is the, my book, The Dial of Wu. It's, I mean, it's definitely a deeper dive, right? And you get more of your personal journey out of it. But they're both fantastic. And they're both super foundational. And they both, to me, the reason why I'm excited is because when I learned that part about like the sociology and the oral moving into the written, it was when your book was killing, Jay-Z was killing, like every, they were all, and then, you know, they'll have that whole like hip hop drama books. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, the, yeah. the hood novels, like all of his hip hop, blood, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. even though it's street related, the streets is hip hop. So uh, that really kind of I love that, man. And I'm, I'm grateful to you for those books. And, and I hope that, you know, a lot of the people that'll be reading, you know, uh, that, that, that issue, that they get it, that they understand it, that they expand, right? Uh, their, 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 their knowledge of chess beyond, you know, the algebraic notation, you know? Exactly. The funny, one funny thing about the book, um, I was hanging out with uh, my brother, uh, Quentin Tarantino, one night, right? And he was, he was hanging with me, shall I say. So he was amongst, you know, the hip-hop crowd. He came and hang out at a couple of concerts. And, you know, a couple of fans came backstage and they were seeing us together. And they was like, you know, there was, there was my fans. There was his right. fans, but it was my thing. Right, right. So there was my right, fans. Right. So it was like, yeah. They told him, yeah. you're a Wu fan? He said, yeah, Mo. He said, of course. He said, yeah, but did you read the Wu-Tang manual? <laughs> and Tarantino said, I am in the Wu-Tang manual. <laughs> Beat that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's fucking great. I love it. I love it. Now, on a production level, I'm always curious about what triggers you. Because, again, like for me, 
it's the the pulling of emotion like to me that's the stamp that you have you know what i mean like every every super producer and you are unquestionably a super producer has kind of like a personal stamp with me you know what i mean for 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 uh like premiere who i oh man that verses huh Y'all, yeah, that yeah. was like, well, your boy had the old quivering tear. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but Premier's stamp is not just how jazz related and, and, and melodic his, his music is, but I actually find him to be a melodic scratcher. You know, I'm from the Bay. Mixmaster Mike lived right down the street. Nice. Two blocks, you hear me? Uh, I made my second beat at DJ Qbert's house. Wow. So Cuba, I wow. know turntablism. Right. I used to host the International Turntablist Federation events. I know DJs, right? Nice. Premier had the melodic scratches. Because people can be I like, agree. you know, like, you know, when you can transform, like, hey, that's a bit, right? But that's different than being melodic with that scratch. There's only right. a few, and he's the best, right? So everybody has their stamp. Your stamp for me is the pulling of emotion. And so I'm always curious as to um, what you use. Now, um, I know you've talked about the EPS and the ASR-10. What processes are you taking now? What equipment are you using now that, that, that you're finding is, is, is feeding you the highest level of your artistry? Well, now I'm a composer now. Right. So before I had to dig through tons of records and samples to find what I've been looking for, which is either E minor or A minor chord, mm -hmm. right? If you listen to Wu, it's always that major and minor. Listen to Canon B, major, right, minor. Right, major right, minor. right, right, right. So it's like happy, sad, happy, right. sad, a tug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? tug of war. Um, listen to, listen to uh, Tears, right? And you hear right. that, wow, it's an E major, right, to a B major. But when it hits that C sharp minor, that's the tear. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah, that's that pulls. <laughs> that's what pulls yeah. on you. So... So now I could talk to you, talk about it in, in clear language. I didn't know mm. when I was sampling it that that was a You just knew what you wanted to, to hear. You knew I what felt. you wanted to hear. So yeah. now I have the ability to, um, to actually, I can even talk it now. You can make your it. break if you want yeah. to make your break. Yeah, yeah. So answer, answer your question is like, uh, I sit in front of that piano first. Mm -hmm. And in front of my piano, I come with my ideas and those ideas then evolve into a hip hop beat or evolve into some type of musical score or cue for a movie or even evolve to that new good humor jingle. Right. That, I, that, that, I, that was I dope. You know I mean? That was such a so, beautiful thing. How did that come together? Was that like you were like, yo, I'm going to do it? Or did someone say RZA should remake that? Well, no, yeah, yeah, they called me up. They was like, yo, would you do that? And I was like, wow. They, I didn't know the total history. You know what I mean? Right, I was right, right. Disconnected, but they, they brought me up to speed. It was a great you know idea, I mean? man. It was a great and idea, I was like, man. you know what? Let's do it. You know, you know, they say, if we, as men, whether even on a chessboard, right? Right. If, if, you, if you're in a situation on the chessboard where you're in a negative position, you got to strive to find the positive out, outcome of that. You all mm. find the positive in the negative or replace the negative with a positive. Mm -hmm. If a guy's doing a bad opening, and he's only losing because he's losing in the opening, he's never getting to his middle game. Right. Right? If he's losing in his middle game, he ain't making it to his end game. And if he's losing the end game, what was the process? What was the purpose? Yeah, of all of that. The, yeah, to lose. So, so the so the so the gag of it to me is how do you replace a negative with a positive? Mm -hmm. Because the negative exists. Right. 
Well, how did you right. replace it? And so with the good humor thing, it was like, okay, that song exists. It's been in the zeitgeist for 100 years. Mm -hmm. But now let's replace it with something that's made from pure love mm -hmm. and pure joy. Yeah. Something that's pure. And that's what we did. Man, it's fantastic. Now, you mentioned the piano, which brought me to, I actually had thought about this literally, it just passed. I wrote it down right before we, uh, we spoke today. How many instruments can you play? Me, I mean, of course, piano, drum, bass, guitar. I could blow a little trumpet as well. That's so, crazy. And, with, and once you got those instruments, and today's, you know, it's of course I'm a, I'm a programmer. On yeah, 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 right. Uh, Harper's chord is easy to play. Anyway, anybody can play that. Right, right. Uh, um, but anyway, being that those basic instruments, you know, once you know the piano in today's society, right? Because things come in synthesizers now. Mm -hmm. You can if just you know the piano. Oof. Yeah, you could basically create an orchestra. Yeah, because oh, you could have a synthesizer with every instrument in the orchestra. What I would advise somebody to do, though is once you learn the piano, you realize that a flute uh, or a string have a different type of staccatos to it. Mm. Or a guitar have pitch, pitch bends. So you can have mm -hmm. a piano with a guitar sample in it, but you can't bend it. Right, right, right. right. So, so I would always advise that try to understand the physical nature of instruments, even when you're using them on a synthesizer. Word. So I know, on a, I know that a horn is like, you know, it could go from a soft, to a vibrato, to you know, a black. Right, right. So that means you can't. You gotta hit that key a certain way. Like right. with triumph. Right. Hear my song triumph. You see triumph. It's the same chords mm -hmm. playing, mm -hmm. but the amplitude changes. And by changing the amplitude, it changes the emotion. It makes you want to start marching. It gets, yeah, 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 yeah. By the time Ghostface start rapping. You yeah. ready to tear some up, you know what I mean? All the way. That's that's absolutely a fight anthem. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Now, what hobbies do you have that people might not expect? It's mm. a good one. A good a hobby that I have that people may not expect. I can't. Uh, what? I mean... Um, well, I'll tell you mine. Most people know. wouldn't expect that I garden. I, I like to do plants. So, like, I'm, I'm about to start a whole bonsai tree thing. You know what I mean? Like, I used to That's grow beautiful. roses, and well, I stopped growing roses. And so I started watching uh, uh, Cobra Kai, and I was watching Miyagi, and I was like, <laughs> uh, that's my OG stuff right got there. You, it got you back out there? But, yo, I went on Amazon, started looking up bonsai trees not the little juniper ones but like the other ones so i got me some willows now i'm growing stuff nice. i got i got pieces of trees in jars that are sprouting roots and i'm thinking about how i can make some other ones fruit and all of that like i love it well one of my hobbies then you know and ambassador say is yo, i love to cook yo i love to cook bro what what do you like to cook like when you're like i'm about to go home and make what are you making Wow. Well, so now I'm, well, I'm vegan, vegetarian now. Word, word. But um, I look, I had um, you know, you know what Swiss chard is? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I took the Swiss chard, right? And I made this. You know, first of all, I'll give you here a little little listeners. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So first, you get the cilantro and the garlic, and you dice that down to you know you right. mince it. You right. mince it. Right. Right. Um. And then if you take anything, like, you know, whether you take some potatoes and, you know, you hit the potatoes at the chart. Right, right. right. 
and right. and, uh, I'm, and 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 fresh lentils. I gotta say, lentils is a big thing in the house. Always. But when you get that plate, right? Mm. If you take at the last ingredient you add, no, no cooking. Right. I mean, right before you serve, like thirty seconds right. before you serve, you add a teaspoon of that mint cilantro and garlic into it. Ooh, I'm on it. I'm about to my, go. My wife called it the cracks. We we keep it in the refrigerator. Is that good? Is that good? We keep it in the refrigerator. I, like like she'll go shopping. The first thing I'm doing is mincing that up. Yeah. Think about a, you know about about seven ounces of it. And we, right. And, 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 and y'all, as it get older, I may I may squeeze a little lemon in it. The, kill, you know, the yeah. Little bacteria that, that grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that, but it's it's a little crack Ooh, for you. I love it. I love it. That's great, man. No, I love cooking too, man. I uh. You know, I like I said, I just went vegan about six months ago, and I really like it. It's really helped my body. But what was, was, was interesting is my veganism came through meditation. Nice. And my meditation, my rededication to meditation came through ta Camp Tazo. So, oh, wow. I, like, what happened is I went to Camp Tazo, and I was like, you know what? He's right. I need to be on my meditation because I, I, I had been doing meditation for many years prior, but I kind of, you know, just 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Right. I became very dedicated after Camp Tazo. All praises um, do. Yeah, all praises do. And what happened is one day I woke up and my body was like, don't eat any eggs. Mm. Just straight up. Right. And so I ate eggs anyway because I just went to Costco. And I was like, <laughs> nah, bro, we about to get our money's worth. And I ate it and my body was like, didn't I say? Right. And I didn't like it. The next day, my body was like, don't eat any meat. Next day, my body was like, no dairy, no cheese. And it wasn't like, I don't have desires for it. It's not like I see a burger and I'm like, oh, I wish I could like, right. I'm like, yo, the meditation. Let me listen to myself. Right. And that's the first thing that I learned from Buddhism when I read the Dhammapada. Right. Was you, you know, because in them days, I would just eat until I was over full. Right. right. And Buddha was like, eat until you're satisfied. And I was right. like, I don't even know when I'm satisfied because I'm just shoveling food. You right. know what I mean? The more I got into my meditation, I felt like I could hear my body, not just say when it was satiated, but say, that's not good for me anymore. Even if it was good for you 10 years ago, it's exactly. not good for you now. You know what I'm saying? And so we I wanted to thank you. Formula, do we? No more. Right. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Exactly. And so I wanted to thank you for... Um, revitalizing my meditative practice and um, always being consistent and that you offered good vegan food when people are around you. You know what I'm saying? And so yo, that I was appreciate a, yo, you. That was a great in, champ, in that, brother. I'm glad you came and you helped the kids, you know, with the chest. That was so cool, bro. That was a great idea. And I, it was, it was, you know, they asked me to do it. Yeah, um, how did Camp Tazo come together? Tell the people who don't know about it what it was, because it was amazing. Yeah, well, Camp Tazo, Tazo T does these camps. I think they're going to do one every year. Mm -hmm. And they choose different people to come and be the host of the camp. And they reached out to me basically because some of the team at Tazo and at, the, uh, at Edelman, they read the Tao of Wu. Mm -hmm. And so the beautiful thing, that's why I said the, the, the Tao of Wu is one of my favorite things that I've done right. because of what it does for people. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But anyway, they read the Dow Rule and they was like, yo, we want to share this. Would you come to our camp and be the host and share mm. this with a group of people? And I was like, you know what? That's something that I feel like I'm meant to do. 
Dude. It don't, it, don't take, it don't take economics for me to do that. You know what I mean? It's like Word. certain things you, you do because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And, I, and that's how I felt. You know, like I told my wife, I said, this is why I said, no, well, they, they, they talking about from the book. If it comes mm -hmm. from the book, I got to. I got to. I got to be down. Like, right. right. I got to be down. I got to get back on that plane <laughs> to China. <laughs> I got, you got to live out what's real. Yo. You know what I mean? But anyway, it was a beautiful experience, and I'm glad that, that you was a part of it. I'm glad Sifu. I was Xi so Ming honored. Was I remember when she and me walked in the room. I was like, oh, oh. Bum, bum. oh. I was like, it's fixing to be on today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was. It was beautiful, man. You know, um, again, thank you for inviting me up, for allowing me to teach chess and life strategies. You know, everybody I met was amazing. The food was amazing. The conversations, the art. Um, yeah. the, 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 remember when we went to the, to the mansion afterwards, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, ooh, and we had and more vegan food delivered. It was so good. And we were just vibing. And then you was downstairs on the turntables and people started falling. <laughs> like, that was crazy, man. That was hey, would crazy. You, would, you, would you agree to this? I think, mm. uh, would you agree that meditation is better than medication? Listen. I will not only wholly agree with that, I can tell you that since I've went to Camtazo and rededicated myself to, to meditation, I have never been more at peace with myself. I have never um, carried as much joy, like genuine joy. And like you, look, I, you look like... Look five years younger, bro. Yo, you done, hey, you did it. That's you, player. That's you. You reversed that shit on him like, bomb. Yo, you really, I'm telling you, when I left, because I remember, see, here's what you don't know. When, when I got the invitation, I was in London, mm. okay? And I was, I was, I was uh, with my lady, and I was with, and I was with, uh, I had just seen um, Simon, from Perling, London. We've mm. been hanging out over at their offices, looking at chess boards and all of that. And it was my birthday, like I had, my birthday had just passed. And I asked myself, okay, who is the 50 year old Adisa? Mm. Like, does he still do jujitsu? Maybe he doesn't. Right. Does he still eat meat? Maybe he doesn't. Does he meditate? Does he pray? Is he Muslim? Like, I really was like, who are you, bro? And mm. I was like, among all that stuff, as I said, no matter what happens in your life right now, say yes and worry about the details later. Now, I was mm. on vacation. So mm. I get the call, right? And it's like, Rizzo would like you to come out. I was like, pss, pss, yes. Now I'm on vacation. Right. And I just <laughs> said, I'm going, right? So right. what happens is, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but I'm going to make it happen. So they bought the tickets. Once the tickets is bought, it's on. So right. I get back to work at my school and he was like, hey man, how was London? I said, it was great. I had a fantastic time. It was a great birthday. However, I, I gotta go. He was like, what? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, in about a week, I'm gonna need to go to New York. And like, he was an old dude, he was a physicist. And I was like, how do I tell him? I said, do you know who the Rolling Stones are? He was like, yes. Sure. I was like, I want you to pretend that Mick Jagger wanted you to come to New York and talk about <laughs> physics. Right? right? What did you do? He was like, I guess you have to go. I was like, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's nice. <laughs> and it was, it was just a great, it was a great trip. I loved everybody that I met there, but that meditation really changed me. And I think that the problem with sharing the value of meditation is that an individual doesn't understand it until they experience it. Like I can tell right. you what meditation is bringing me. 
and how it centers me and how it makes me have a better conversation with my friends or my parents or just within myself. But when you experience it, you know, you know what I mean? Right. So when I, when I was with you, I got into meditation. I was doing like 10 minutes. I'm doing two hours now. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, I'm doing two You're hours. Traveling. You know, and there's I a lesson uh, I put it in a sentence it says the body is a vehicle for the mind. Mm. So that means if it's a vehicle for the mind, it doesn't mean just when you're walking because it's mm -hmm. still being a vehicle. But even when you sit still, it's a vehicle. Because when you sit still, then you can launch. Yep. Like a rocket. So one of my sayings is, like when people ask me about the benefits of like yoga and meditation, I say, until you can sit in silence with conviction, you will never move with authority or conviction. Mm. You won't do it because you have right. to have that stillness. You have to be whole and, yep. and present, you know? And so one thing, oh, back, here's what I want to ask you. So one of the first times I interviewed Grandmaster Maurice Ashley, shout out to Maurice. Thank you for everything right. you've given the chess game, you know what I'm saying, North America and the world. Um, he suggested that he thought Will Smith would be an ideal opponent for you. And he gave me the impression that he thought Will might be able to holler at you. Now, Ooh. like to get you, bro. <laughs> now, I spoke several times with one of Manny Pacquiao's mm. chess coaches, and he was like, "What's up, Kung Fu versus boxing?" I was like, Ooh. "Yo, I'm all down." First question is, have you ever came across Will Smith, and what do you know about his potential chess skill? And what's up? Yeah, I never came across him on no chess board. I ran into him, you know, I'm in Hollywood, so I ran. Yeah, into yeah, him yeah. Times, but. We never got on front of the 64 squares. Um, but that's a challenge I would take if he, you know, if he <laughs> yeah. wanna do that, let's do that. You know and what I'm look, saying? Maurice, so Maurice played me before. You right. know that, right? Right. Um, and and I and you know, Maurice is so imposing because he's a grand, he's a he's, <laughs> Yeah, he's um he's the and he said, yo, he said I, I, I had a good game, but I blundered because mm -hmm. I was looking at the player and not the board. Mm. So I, so if he thinks, um, you know, look, and that was some years ago. If it he was. Will, if he thought Will could take me from those days, maybe he would have been right. But I don't know about now. But right now, you gotta yeah. deal with you gotta deal with the habit through. today. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Back then, I was only breaking wood. Right. All right. right. <laughs> now I'm breaking bricks. Yeah, you punch it <laughs> in the stone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Send the cinnamon. <laughs> Now, also, I remember a while back, I think you challenged Jay-Z on video. Oh, yeah, he, I remember that, yeah. He was kind of, I don't even think he spoke. I don't think he <laughs> heard. You know what I'm saying? Um, so here's my idea. You ready for this idea? Go for it. I want to organize a hip-hop chess competition for charity in, like, mm. Monaco. I want to do this 007 style, you know what right. I'm saying? Aston Martin's popping up out the ride, nice. you know what I'm saying? Kung Fu versus boxing, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, I think that could be hot, bro. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know what I mean? That'll you know, be fun, bro. I'm in for the culture. Yeah. And, uh, I'm definitely looking to chop a couple of heads off. You know what I'm saying? Like, that could be <laughs> hot, you know? So now I want to ask you about your personal life. You've achieved so much, you know? I have to say, <clears throat> to quickly go back to Camp Tazo, one of the things that really... I mean, obviously, we've been friends since 06, but what I'm saying is going to Camp Tazo 
going through Shaolin and seeing Staten Island made me have a whole new respect for you because I didn't understand. I mean, of course, it's the West Coast. Everybody got hoods. Hoods are not new. But being in Shaolin, I understood the odds. I was like, what are the odds that these dudes would come from hip hop to take over the entire planet, to have the whole world know their logo, right? Like that was like an amazing experience for me to observe just being in Staten Island. Now, you've accomplished all these things. As a producer, what compels you to do music after having achieved so much? Is it, is it just the love for the music? Or are you, are, you, are you, I mean, just to be honest, are you less musically inclined now because you have done so much? Like, well, where yeah, are I make, you? I make music, you know, at least three or four days a week, especially on the quarantine. I've been really making a lot of music. Mm, mm -hmm. Music, anything that you love, you love, you know? Yeah. You know, if you're blessed to make economics of what you love, then that's the blessing. Mm. And we are blessed. Wu-Tang was blessed to mm -hmm. take our hobby and turn it into our livelihood. Uh, it took determination. Determination goes good with aspirations. Right. Aspirations go good with imaginations. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so those yeah. elements are what came to us and what caused us to push as hard as we can to be known and to leave our footprint. But today, even with all the so, you know, people say the success, and I, I, I'm, I feel blessed with success. I'm all, of course. I like, you know, Word. like my refrigerator has never been empty in years. Right. You're good. I'm right. Welfare, I'm from welfare cheese, okay, to don't eat cheese and still got a full refrigerator. <laughs> but it's so all praise is due. But I would all say that praise. I'm still motivated because I love music. Right. I love film. Right. You know I, mean? I love chess. I love right. art. And these are the reason why these things remain in my life. Just like I love my wife, you know what right. I mean? And we, are, and we are happily married, moving through the world, because love is there. Yeah. I remember seeing you guys at the uh, last time you guys came to the Bay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And your son was there. And, like, it's just crazy. Like, I didn't even recognize him because he was so tall, you know? <laughs> so quick, and yeah. I was like, yo, this is so dope. You know what I mean? And that's a blessing for real, man. Now, before I forget, Speaking of meditation, you did guided meditations. I think that was an original thing you did that took kind of the world by what? You know what I mean? And they were beautiful. What was the trigger for that? What inspired those? Well, when, when Tazo, when we talked about at the camp about, you know, how do we leave this information behind for the people who don't experience the camp? Mm -hmm. uh, how do we do it? He said, well, we could just kind of paraphrase it and put it into, and record something and put it out. And first we, it was gonna be just me talking as we're talking and, and, right. and, and the word can travel, but I think the word travels better with music, mm. right? And so I just had the inspiration to make it a and musical it was, experience. It was great, bro. It was yeah. great, you and know. I will say this to you, hmm. no motive, like no, uh, like it was no expectation, no reason. It wasn't like I like like I said, it was no economics. It was like the realized, it just was. Yeah, a lot of things that really, and that's when I say this out loud, because I know it's hard for us to say that and people we live in a capitalist society, but even when I go back to Wu Tang first album, 36 Chambers, we didn't make no money to do that. Right. We just this is guys showing up uh uh you know at somebody's house hungry to, to say to what go. they feel. Mm. 
And that's Method Man. That song becomes yeah. Method Man. You right. see what I mean? So when money got involved, you notice that less material started coming. Mm. <laughs> because, because now there's a reason. And now you're not moving freely. You're moving right. only when you're pushed. Right. That's deep. That's deep. And so the, the, so the, so the explorations were, was done that same way. It was just like, you know what? Let me do something cool like this. Yeah. And it was like, oh, you're going to do that? Wow. Man, that was just, it was great, man. I mean, that <laughs> was, that was great, man. Uh, and I think like, you know, not trying to get too racial or nothing, but I just want to say that like hearing a black man lead a guided meditation, that's historic. Wow. I don't think I ever heard a black man do a guided meditation. That's crazy. I never thought about that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I me either until, you know what I'm saying? But like, right. I was like, yo, like, I don't think anybody does, you know? So, man, you know, and um, what, when you, hold on. I got so many questions. So we, got, so we probably got one more. I think my battery about this. Almost done. Okay, okay. Okay. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This is important. We've got two chess worlds. The, 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 the actual tournament world and the global culture i have always taken it as a hhcf dude that it's about the global culture because that's to me what makes people play chess like they don't necessarily even know who any of the grandmasters are they just love it and you know what i mean or they love wu-tang or they love that their grandma plays or you know their cousin and little sister you know their kid right like how do we unify these worlds because i feel like they are unnecessarily separated too much in the hearts and minds of most players. Wow, that's a good question. I don't know if I have the answer, but I could suggest, you know, steps towards that answer, yeah. which is, look, all we have to do is make sure we find the common denominator. Mm. And the common denominator is those 64 squares. You know what I mean? It's, and it's those pieces that's lined up on it. We all love it. The grandmasters... They love it. They put their, they dedicate their life to it. Yeah. Right. And so does the kid in the park who goes to the park after school and sits right. there. And and so does the 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 guy who's hustling for five hours a game. Yeah. You know I'm saying we all love it. Yeah. And so if we could somehow find a way to cross pollinate based on that love, and that's as simply as inviting each other to each other's world. Right. You know what I mean? And that's why I love like how Josh would come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of the other uh, chess killers would come out, you know, Emery Tate, you know what I'm saying? Daim Shabazz, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was beautiful, man. So, okay, here's my real last one, and it's a one-sentence answer. When you die, after your funeral, what is the first rap song you want played? Well, that one is the answer you'll never get out of me. <laughs> As Bodhi Dama said, how can I know? How can I think I have not died yet? <laughs> word man yo that's one thing i have not done <laughs> right no man i'm gonna tell you man and 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 may allah bless you and keep you and preserve you man and thank you for um everything you've given to hip-hop sincerely i'm telling you that like as a friend you, and as a fan and as a participant of this culture of hip-hop like i appreciate what you've getting given and i also want to thank you not just for the things the sacrifices you've made that we know, I want to thank you for the sacrifices I've never seen and I'll never know. I appreciate you and your time. Thank you, Bishop. Respect to you. Peace and family. Peace. Word. Yo, man, that was great. I will talk to you soon. I may email you like one question, like after I send it to the chess people. Like, well, what about, you know, I may okay. email you a question. You can just email hey, the answer back. But this is slated to go just so you know. 
I'll send another email to Tam later. We'll get you and Mike hooked up so you can shoot the cover. Once mm-hmm. the cover is done, uh, we got to turn it in by, I think, November 1st is the deadline. And okay. we're set to go, man. We're set to go. Sounds positive. Thanks for considering me and thanks for what you're doing. I appreciate you. Of course, man. Of course. All right. Hey, yo, 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 you know, you know, you know what I want to say, yo? Mm. Just tell them that keep their swords sharp. Keep those liquid swords sharp, yo. Boom. Word. God bless you. Appreciate you. Have a blessed one, okay? Peace. Talk soon. Peace. Teacher, what star is that? It's my own secret technique. Bishop What's it called? Move games over. What's it called? Adisa and Jokos.